Welcome back. I'm here today with Rajiv Parikh. He's a co-founder of Position Squared. Rajiv, welcome to today's show. Well, thanks, Alan. So, Rajiv, for the listeners here, can you give the background of uh, you know how you came up to be where you are today? Sure. Uh, you know, this actually started from a long time ago. Uh, uh, interestingly enough, my dream was always to be an entrepreneur and to start my own company. Uh, even as early as middle school, I remember writing a paper where they asked, what are you going to do later in life? And I charted out this course where I said, I'm going to become an electrical engineer. Uh, I'm going to then uh, go to Harvard Business School and then one day start a company. And a lot of this was fueled by, you know, I grew up in New Hampshire. My father was working at a manufacturing plant and he would bring home articles of Fortune Magazine and Wall Street Journal and Business Week. And I would just, as a person who loved to read, I would just tear them up. And I just really got into the notion of starting a company someday and building it into something great. So, so you, you, so, so it started from there. <laughs> and so you, you, you got your undergraduate in, I got my undergraduate actually in electrical engineering. Okay. Uh, and I think I picked it because I thought, you know, that's a technical thing. Yeah. You can learn by learning a lot about technology. You can do interesting things later. And, uh, but while I was in it and I, I did fine in it, I always had more the desire to be on the business side. Uh, and uh, my father actually encouraged me because he was more in operations to go into marketing and sales. And even some of my summer internships were that way. I went, I first did something in computer science, but then after that got, was fortunate enough to find opportunities in marketing. And I just fell in love with it. The notion of taking a market, looking at it, breaking it down, understanding who the customer was, who the buyer was building the collateral for them and getting the message to them. So even while I was finishing my electrical engineering degree, I had my eye in that field. And so my first job actually ended up in technical sales for NCR, the, the cash register yep. company that was in the computer field at the time. This was in the early 90s. And uh, from there, learned how to take my technology skills and learned how to sell to large accounts. And at the time, it first started off with Fortune 500 companies like GE and GT, and then eventually became insurance companies. And I learned all about this field I was a little less familiar with, but did pretty well at it. And at a certain point, I felt like it was, and I had always had my mind, as I mentioned to you, about going to Harvard Business School. It was just a dream of mine. I don't know why it was. Maybe it was because of what I read in these magazines. And... Uh, I just looked at the application over the years and finally figured that I had enough experiences to apply. And about four and a half years in, I applied and I think I was one of the lucky few to get in. And for me, it was the thrill of my life to get into a place like that. I never thought, uh, well, I thought I could get there, but uh, when I actually look at the data, uh, it was maybe, maybe I was just, you know, there was a lot of hope <laughs> <laughs> that got me there. Well, what a combination, an electrical engineering degree, and then, uh, and actually, if I, if I understood you correctly at NCR, you were in sales? I was, I was in sales. I was in field sales for NCR in, wow. in the Connecticut. A very, uh, a very unique skill set, engineer, 
in sales. That's and, right. And, and, and so it, it completely makes sense to then jump and get the MBA. Jump and get the MBA. And then uh, after that, I joined uh, Sun Microsystems. Um, I And the reason I joined them was uh, I had gone on a trip. I had always taken classes re- related to entrepreneurialism and product development. I felt that was a great the great future of becoming that eventual entrepreneur. And so we took a trip out out west as part of a business school trip in 1997. And I just fell in love with the Bay Area. Uh, I saw, I was an East Coaster all my life, grew up in New Hampshire, grew up in, or worked in New England, and just totally fell in love with what I saw out here. The, the companies were open, there was a lot of energy, there was this openness to ideas and trying crazy outlandish sorts of things. Uh, there were people who were willing to fund it. There, there was great infrastructure around it. And I was still, I was blown away that in January I could wear a, a short sleeve shirt and still not, and not freeze, right? It was just a new, the weather was fantastic and the people were amazing. Now, how, how did so, Position Squared come about? Well, after that, I went to companies like, after Sun went to a company called Alta Vista that was in the search mm-hmm. field, one of the first, actually the first uh, search company, company that would index content and, and make it available to people uh, in, a non, in a programmatic fashion. And uh, after that stint, that was what I felt would be a, a good stint to do because you're going from biggest company to big company to now a, a company that was up to a thousand people. and. After that recession that came along, uh, the 2001 recession, I felt, you know, why hold back any longer? It's time to go. So I went out and started my first company uh, with my co-founder, and that was in the area of medical devices, and that was to transform asthma. Uh, And after I started it and raised some money from venture capital folks, I realized that um, maybe I wasn't necessarily cut out for medical devices, but I did love the entrepreneurial spirit and I love the notion of changing the world. Um, so after some consulting stints and some EIR stints, uh, fell upon s- search again. I was helping a company to build their user audience. It was a mobile search company. And when I was doing work for them, I was, you know, one of the things I dealt with at Alta Vista was when I ran the marketing group, it took me millions of dollars or my team millions of dollars and a lot of iterations to get an answer it would take over a year to understand if your messaging was correct if your segments were correct if the the messages were resonating if the salespeople were make able to make it effective and so i was reintroduced to search because at that time google had just come out with adwords it's around 2003 2004 when they came out with it and that's when i started experimenting with it for this company and I fell in love with what you could do with AdWords because it allowed you to get answers really fast. You could uh, look for what, you could understand what people are searching for, which is expressing their intent to buy um, in a very direct fashion. You could place bids on it and you could construct a, a, a cycle of iteration or a cycle of a conversion cycle where a person would search they would come to a page, they would see an ad, they would come to a page, and from there you'd get them to sign up. And you could measure every single segment, and that really appealed to the engineer in me, because I was just 
because I could tweak, we could tweak so many things and test so many things. And so that's, that was sort of the genesis of Position Square. Okay, so Rajiv, I need to take a quick break. Uh, I'm busy here today with Rajiv Harik, and uh, he's the co-founder of Position Squared, and we'll be right back after these messages. can't take your wealth with you, spend time with your family. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Rajiv Parikh. He is a co-founder of Position Squared. And, and uh, Rajiv, in the first segment, we had set the, the platform for how you began to move into Position Square with looking at AdWords searches. And why don't we continue on from there? Yeah, I got really excited by it. So I kind of put some pieces together saying I wanted to start a company that could make a big difference for people to help them more effectively buy or more effectively help them connect with their customers. And so put the kind of put the pieces together saying I could create a company like this that's in my favorite area, which is business and marketing. Combine that with analytics and engineering. And at the same time, I read that book, The World is Flat by Thomas Friedman and said, wow, there's all these things going on in Asia. Maybe we put all those together. So I called up some investors and sort of put the whole thing together with the ability to offer marketing services to companies ranging from startups to large companies, um, but having a delivery team that was based in the U.S. as well as in Bangalore. So how does Position Square differ from other marketing companies? The way we differ is that we look at the entire uh, capability of what we call demand acceleration, which is how do I build that demand? Today, in today's market, instead of being sold to, people like to buy. About 70% of people, according to various surveys, like to find, <clears throat> like to find, to learn about you before you learn about them. They like to research those things. Mm -hmm. So it's up to you as a company to put your content in places where they might consume it. And that may be in blog articles and videos and various media sites. And you want to help them understand that entire buying cycle. And that's what Position Square does. We look at demand acceleration as combining the overall strategy, the whole buying cycle, the whole what we call buyer's journey, and putting together the content for you by taking your assets and turning them into videos, infographics, ebooks. We then promote it for you across paid advertising, Google, Facebook, various media sites, and then manage the infrastructure. So your website, what we call your digital present, your mobile sites, um, as well as the marketing infrastructure of your marketing automation system and sales automation system. So we bring that together as a whole solution for all sorts of clients that range from post series A to series B types of companies in Silicon Valley that have scaled up to unicorns mm -hmm. to divisions of large companies. So when, you, uh, when, when you're looking at your acceleration, digital acceleration platform, you know, walk me through the process of what a, a new customer would go through with you. Right, so it. that's a great question. And customers vary. Some work with you on a piece of things or holistically. Um, 
the whole idea is to help these companies connect with their customer, right, or their, their prospects. So we map the buyer's journey. We look at who that buyer is, the economic buyer. In many cases, there's a person that has, writes the check. There's a person that uses whatever capability you have. There's the person that recommends it. In many cases, especially if it's a large sort of business-to-business deal, and we map those what what they want. Uh, we map what the competitors are doing, and come up with the right messages and work with the client to develop a content calendar for them, and then how to promote that across the objectives that they've established. So we work back if there's a certain level of sales they're trying to generate through these types of marketing efforts. We then work back to understand how much content we need to, live, to deliver and across what networks we need to deliver it for them. So what are some of the common mistakes made in content marketing? I think what we find a lot is that with, especially with a lot of the B2B tech firms here in the Valley, they put out white papers. and they, So a lot of people develop products and they put out these very technical white papers. And then they expect people after they read this white paper to become a lead and they're gonna send their salespeople after them. And those salespeople will chase them through emails and calls. When in fact that person has just simply consumed a bit of content that looked inter interesting. First of all, they may have mistargeted them because it's a very technical paper. They didn't lead them gently down the, down the process by offering maybe a 30 second video or one minute or three minute video to some infographics. And then they wanna, we wanna, when you're looking at that whole process, you want them to consume content, really raise interest, be the right, be qualified, and then have your salespeople reach out to them. And that's that whole notion of scoring them through the process. So, Rajiv, I need to take a quick break. I'm visiting here today with Rajiv Parikh. He is the CEO and co-founder of Position Squared, and we'll be right back after these messages. I love fishing, you know, with my family. I think it would be easier to use a net. It was so much fun. The times when we are together, it makes it all, all the more worth it. Having Dad teach them how to like cast a fly rod and... As long as we're doing stuff together, we're having fun. Some people see a father and a son fishing together, while others see a succession plan. Welcome back. I'm visiting here today with Rajiv Parikh. He is the co-founder of Position Squared, and we've been talking about uh, content marketing and the digital platforms. And I want to move back to common mistakes that businesses make when it comes to marketing. Yeah, so there's so many of them, but I think the easiest thing, the way to look at it is, is that it's really understanding what your buyer does and and how they go through that entire process. So as we talked about in the era of content, a common content mistake is putting out something technical and expecting someone to buy when they, after they download something. Uh, another major issue on the, on, the, um, on the side of how you measure what they do, it's you wanna measure where are people coming from and what are, where are people today? So a lot of people focus on their website, on the physical website, the, the 13 inch screen and that people have on the laptop when more than 50% of the audience has gone to mobile. And when you're constructing content for mobile, people want to create these beautiful rich pages. And the issue with mobile is that if, it, if 
the mobile user is much more uh, directed in what they're doing and they have much less patience. So you want to make sure your content comes in in less than three seconds. Otherwise, for every second greater, that person's like, likely to bounce or move away from your content. So you want to make sure that those load times are fast. You want to do a lot of test and iteration. And there's some great platforms like Optimizely or within, within uh, email platforms. It's the ability to test, try different messages, and try your main message that works 50 or 60% of the time, and then try new messages for that other 50% of the time. Right? That's a major issue. Um, yeah, I imagine, Rajiv, in, 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 this, in this industry, you have a lot of do-it-yourselfers just saying, well, hey, I can do it all myself, and you know, why do I need a content marketing firm? And um, you know, walk, walk me through the process of, of you know, how do you get that do-it-yourselfer to really understand the value of using people with higher expertise in, in, in processes? Well, frankly, Alan, we wait for them to make mistakes. So it's when, after you get burned a few times, we like people who've been, tried something a few times, they've realized they're having an issue, and then they need help. Because then they are more likely to understand what you're going to be, what value you're going, you're going to be offering to them. So we walk them through a process typically where we sit them down over a 45-minute interview, understand their business, understand what's working and what's not, so that we can help recommend a solution. So we look across content, we look across their advertising efforts, their ad tech efforts, and then their martech efforts and see, are they invested in the right platforms? Do they have the right skills? Where can we potentially or someone else complement them in terms of what they're doing? Because if they're great in a particular area, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We really want them to be, frankly, if they're, we want them to be good at their product and their market and, how, and understand how things are working in terms of where their business is going. And then we can fill in all the other pieces with them. So, uh, yeah, should a company try to be utilizing every social media marketing effort, you know, through Facebook or LinkedIn? Or how do you how do you walk a person through? Okay, this is what you should view as social marketing, and, and you know, the, the best value for you. Yes, Alan. I mean, that's a really good question because different social networks work for different people. If you're a B two B firm, LinkedIn is a great place to go. Right? If you're a consumer firm, Facebook is. But that doesn't mean exact, you know, each one is exactly each thing. So it's great to try a bunch of them, have a test period, set aside a budget to test. Usually you want to set, about, set aside about 20 to 30% of your budget to test different things uh, and make it work. Now, the first thing that most businesses should always be on is on Google and Bing search, right? Because that's when people, when they have intent, that's where the first place they're going to go. And that's probably the easiest low-hanging fruit. After that, yes, try Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and other social networks to see what works and then see, and then make them work across each other, what they call retargeting. So if somebody does a LinkedIn search, you can retarget them on Google search. Or if something works really well on Facebook, make them work back and forth so that you can get them to the right point. You know, I've noticed that in, in the in the social media realm that uh, a, a lot of them are, they, they want the pay to play, but then there's also some other venues. Like I don't think LinkedIn allows video to come in on their their site. How do you work with 
with these social media platforms because they're constantly changing algorithms. And right, and that's the hardest part, right, is they're always changing what they allow you to see, what they allow you to advertise, how they allow you to advertise. Uh, either you have to be on top of it or you ask, ask experts or read up on it, and that's usually the fastest and easiest way. There's uh, so much happening in all those places that uh, that's why we have a full-time 200-person staff all over this. How often should a person design their user interface? That's been increasing dramatically. This used to be once every three years. Now I see folks right after they finish the first, finish a new website redesign, they're already on to the next one. And because there's so many different ways in which someone can touch you, your website, your mobile site, with tablets, with different pages on Facebook and LinkedIn and uh, through multiple social networks, you're always, you're always doing something. It's really amazing. It, 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 in, in this ever-changing world, too, it seems like the, the whole venues for how people are finding you are uh, constantly uh, in, in, in emotion. That's right. Who, whoever knew that uh, a hot thing to do now would be to take a picture of yourself, put a funny filter on it, and send it to someone. And that's what our kids do every day on Snapchat. So it's a, it's, it's a really different amazing. world, isn't it, with this younger generation? <laughs> so the older ones still learning how to work a mobile phone. The younger ones are. Or you know, I thought it was important to be connected to my kids on Facebook, but half the time they're on Instagram. So who knows? <laughs> but the cool part is there's so many ways of reaching people, and it's very easy. These networks have made it very easy to try them and get onto them, and then and then try different things and see what works. And so it's really about making sure that you're open to all these metrics and tying it all together with the right technology. So Rajiv, a person wants to contact uh, Position Squared for more information, how would they do that? They can simply reach out to go to our website, uh, position2.com, or uh, send an email to sales at position2.com, and that's an easy way to get in touch with us. I've been visiting here today with Rajiv Parikh. He is the co-founder and the CEO of Position Squared. Thanks for being on today's show. Thank you, Alan, for having me. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. Um, you know, we, so we've been visiting with Rajiv Parikh, and uh, the, the last segment over the break, uh, you know, Rajiv and I got talking about you know, the, the constant change in, 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 in the industry today and how a startup faces all this, uh, you know, the, the choices on digital marketing content. I, I asked him if you could just stay over and maybe we can talk about this. So, so, so Rajiv, um, in, in, in this world of uh, constant choices and, and decisions, how, how, how should a startup be facing the, the decisions of the right marketing content? I'm blown away that uh, just a few years ago there were 140 MarTech tools and now there's 5,000. So how do you make sense of it all? And I think the way to look at that is that today there are tools that are as easy to use as your iPhone. And if you're an earlier stage company, many of those tools are free. So when folks tell me, hey, what should I use for my uh, sales uh, automation, my Salesforce automation platform, my CRM platform, what can I try to start with? A great one is something like HubSpot. It's free. Um, so is Pipedrive. It's free. Maybe you want to try that before you jump into Salesforce, which is great for companies that have a dedicated sales team that want to grow from there. Uh, a lot of folks, when they talk about how do I email folks or marketing automation or use marketing automation, well, HubSpot also has a marketing automation system 
which is great for early companies, inexpensive. There's uh, MailChimp for email. That's also free and really inexpensive to play with, as, as there are others. And then you can get into things as your company gets bigger, like a Marketo or an Eloqua, um, where so you get your funding round, now you're building out your team, and you really want to scale it. Similarly for analytics, Google Analytics is a great place to start, but there are also other analytics programs, and most of them offer a free or low-cost method of getting in. Uh, something I love for contact management is full contact. Um, it's also, it starts free, but it's like $10 a month, and it basically allows you to take five different contact managers and put them all together, and it proactively looks up things on social networks and brings them to you so that you and your team can be up to date on who to reach out to. So really cool technologies out there, it's just take it step by step. And be, feel free to call various marketing service providers to ask for, hey, I wanna try this, how should I do it? Um, similarly for uh, web platforms, right? A lot of people use WordPress, it's also free or fairly inexpensive. Drupal is a great way to go when you're building a more enterprise system, it also starts with a open source system. A lot of folks, early stage startups, if they just have a designer, can use Wix. Wix.com as a great way to throw up some images, get a site up, and then as you get more sophisticated, go to these other platforms. That's why the value of using somebody like your, 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 your organization is because you have the experience in, let's try this, and, um, and then walk people through the processes of, in fact, a lot of what you're doing is developing the processes for digital marketing. That's right. I mean, the most important thing what we have to do is be on top of all these technologies and then we productize all of them. So the value of this 200 person team is that we've created workflows and processes of how to use these different technologies for clients of different sizes. And, and so the, the menu will be across the board depending on if you're know, picking and choosing what you do need. Exactly. It's all about making sure that it's really customized to what type of company you are and what kind of people you have and where you're trying to go. It must be difficult, uh, at least being a content marketer, when you see such constant change in the industry, you know, looking at a menu of now 5,000 different tools to use. It's actually, it's, it could be uh, overwhelming, but it's actually a lot of fun. I mean, it's what keeps you excited about the job every day because there's always something new and exciting to get involved with. And the hardest part, as you say, Alan, is to make that choice that we're gonna go in this way versus that. And, uh, but the fun part is that it's really easy or, or really, there's so many things out there and so many open ways of trying it that you can then put them together and leverage them for clients. So here we quickly. are in Silicon Valley. Would you say the majority of your clientele are, are, are concentrated here in the Valley? I'd say we have a, a pretty significant number here in the Valley, but we also have for folks in Seattle, uh, on the East Coast, uh, New York, Boston, uh, Atlanta, as well as in Asia. Any particular industry that you focus in more than another? I'd say most of our clients are B2B technology firms where software, cloud, networking are tend to be the strongest concentration. We also have some of these really interesting internet unicorn types of cl clients as well, uh, and some consumer firms. So we learn from one place and apply it to the other, and that's really what's fun. You learn a lot of things in the consumer side, that you can apply to the business-to-business -business side and vice versa. Very good. I've been visiting here today with Rajiv Parikh. He is the co-founder and the CEO of Position Squared. And Rajiv, thanks again for being on today's show. Well, thanks a lot, Alan. I really appreciate it.